You're listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Hello and welcome to the December 2013 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. And because it's Christmas, this will be part one of two parts uh, because we just want to give you a little something extra during this time of the year. Uh, But what we're going to be talking about today is leading uh, creatives. And so before we get into today's topic, I want to make everybody out there aware of some awesome possible Christmas gifts for you or your loved ones. That would be a beep that just happened in our meeting, but we're going to bypass that. But that, that wasn't Allie. That what? wasn't Allie. It wasn't Allie. That it was, was Sarah. Sarah. Uh, but she just had a baby, so maybe there's pregnancy. Not in the meeting. Over. She did not have a baby in the meeting. <laughs> not actually in the meeting. Just no. a few few weeks ago. Yeah, that would be bad. Um, but uh, before, but a couple of great things that we would love for all of all of you to consider uh, this Christmas is to is uh, trips to Israel. Uh, Perry will be leading uh, our church on a trip March 27th through April the 4th of 2014. Uh, then we'll be leading us. Then he'll be leading a special student trip. Students meaning have just finished ninth through the twelfth grade, uh, June sixteenth through the twenty fourth. Both of those trips are available for anybody uh, from any location really to go on. You do not have to be a member or an attender of New Spring Church. But both of those trips will happen next year, and we want to make sure that everybody's aware that uh, you can sign up for that and go on really what would become the trip of your life. Perry, what do you want to tell people about the trip to Israel? Either one of them uh, before we move on. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the trip to Israel will take the Bible from black and white to color. And I know I sound like a broken record when I talk about it, but I'm telling you, it it is unbelievable to go over there. We've heard about what the Bible says, but to go over there and actually see some of the places, it's absolutely breathtaking. So it's a great Christmas present. Um, cannot recommend it higher than I'm recommending it right now. You need to sign up and go. It's going to be awesome. Yep, and for information on that trip, just go to newspring.cc, and you'll find a button to click on to give you all the information uh, that we have in regards to that trip to Israel. All right, uh, today's topic, leading creatives. Uh, We're going to talk today, Perry, about leading creative people, and just to make sure we're all on the same page, when we use the phrase creative to describe a person, we're specifically talking about those Moody people. (laughs) Moody people. (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, people who are gifted in music, video, design, etc. Artistic, artistically gifted and minded people. And so if you're in church leadership or really in any organization uh, out there, you'll often find yourself working with creative people. And somewhere along the way, unfortunately, leaders have gotten the idea that it's tough to work with creatives or you just can't work with those kind of people. Uh, but today we hope to dispel that idea by focusing focusing on what a leader can do to leverage, actually, the creative gifts of the people in their organization and actually enjoy it. Along with us today, Perry, we've got two special guests, uh, artists in our church. We've got Lee McDermott, who leads our music and worship area. He's been with the church since the beginning. He was the first actual hire of New Spring mm-hmm. Church after yourself. And then also we have Adam Kring, who leads our video uh, area and Adam's been on staff for several years, and so uh, those are two guys we thought could add to the conversation in regards to leading creatives. So, uh, as we jump into this topic, Perry, I just wanted to ask you the, this question right out of the gate: Why are creative people so important to the success of a church? Well, you know, I think creative people get a bad rap, um, and the whole creativity thing gets a bad rap when it comes to the church. the The Bible says, you know, a lot of people will. Um, say, well, it's just the preaching of the word that people need to hear. Well, it's so funny that 
the first few words in the word are in the beginning God created that God is a creative God, and because God is a creative God, he communicates in creative ways. And while the word of God is important, the way we communicate it is um, important too. God God communicates um, through sunsets and sunrises. God in the scripture communicated through a donkey. He communicated through a star. He communicated through all kinds of... Um, I mean, you just read through the Old Testament, and the prophets communicated in creative ways where people could understand all the way from the, um, Isaiah got pretty creative when God told him to strip down, walk around naked. I'm, I'm, I think I'd have had to ask for a little ID on that one, but, um, nonetheless, there were some creative messages and, um, it's in Exodus 35, the very first time that anyone in the scripture is ever recorded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was Bezalel and Oholiab, and they were done so for the purpose of creativity, where God said, I want you to go out and create the um, the tabernacle. I want you to go out and create these um, objects of worship that are going to be in the tabernacle, these objects that help facilitate, actually, the worship is a better way to say that. And Bezalel and Aholiab were creative. So while Moses preached the word, people had to be filled with the Spirit to come along beside him and help create visual things where people could see um, um, and and recognize the the fact that that God's presence was with them. That's really good. Hey Lee, let me jump right over something Perry alluded to in his answer was that creative people sometimes get a bad rap. Why do you think uh, that's happened, and why do you think uh, creatives have the uh, reputation of being difficult to lead? Well, I think uh, you know artists in general get a reputation for being late, lazy being drama queens, being moody, you know, that, that whole type of thing. But I, I think, and certainly there's a, there's a percentage of, of artists who, who have brought us all down, I think, by, by doing that. But I, I think really the, the tough leadership part about leading creatives or leading artists, uh, I think is more that, that creatives, they're just highly opinionated people with very clear vision for how they like to do things. I mean, what is what is subjective to most people is objective in the eyes of most artists i mean you know for example like you know some of our graphic designers we you know i might walk in there or some of us might walk in there and be like any color is fine for that particular piece and then they will tell you oh no there's only one color that's correct. Everything else is wrong. And they know the name of that color oh, and yeah. the color pattern, and it has a number. <laughs> Lee, you're so right, man. I've never met a creative person that didn't have an opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a right or wrong thing. It's not like here's this big list of options. You know what I mean? So that, and that naturally makes it difficult to lead because they're, they're so opinionated, so forceful with their ideas. You know what I mean? So. You know, that being said, Perry, how, how do you think that that relates to this idea of a, of a lead pastor has a vision for the church? I mean, you have a specific thing uh, that you feel like God's told you to do. It's going to just like you mentioned, Exodus 35, Moses had a very specific vision uh, from God, but he had to communicate that to creatives. What uh, have you seen in regards from your vantage point uh, in dealing with creatives has given them a bad rap just in regards to communicating Hey, I've got a clear vision, but you know the creatives have uh, very sharp opinions about how things should be created, uh, or yes, things should be uh, communicated. Talk to our listeners a little bit about some things that you faced, especially early on in your ministry. Well, I think the thing that I didn't wrap my mind around, and it and it took me a long time to get this, unfortunately, is creative people um, really 
do want to do a good job. Like they don't wake up going, uh, man, how can I really screw up my uh, church and, and hijack my senior pastor's vision today? Um, and if they do, it's not a creative problem. It's a, it's a sin problem, and that's a bigger issue to deal with. Um, and so I, I think one of the things that I had to learn the hard way is if you'll take an extra five minutes with a creative person and don't just articulate what you want, but give them permission to ask questions and then give them permission to say, I hear what you're saying. What if we did this? And what if we did that? Because um, if you'll listen to their what ifs, um, the finished product will always be a lot better than what you anticipated, especially if they come around you and their purpose of, is, is to help you communicate that message in a way that's very clear. Um, if you have a very clear, specific vision, share it. But if it's like, hey, I've got this idea, help me develop it, creative people really are an incredible asset because they know how to communicate in ways that, quite frankly, most of us don't know how to communicate. Real good. You know, one of the things we hear often in talking with other church leaders, and in in a lot of churches, the context of vision and creativity or the senior pastor and artist is the senior pastor and the worship leader. That's where most churches start. And we often hear that there is uh, struggles in that relationship. And so uh, I'd love to hear from both uh, you, Lee and Perry, on why do you think uh, sometimes that senior pastors and worship leaders uh, are at odds? And if you guys have any you know, experiences you've learned over the years, especially when you were uh, earlier in ministry, share those with our listeners. Man, well, I think, you know, from a worship leader's perspective, I mean, some of the things that I hear from other worship leaders about tensions between them and their senior pastors, honestly, are the main thing I hear is, a worship leader being really frustrated that the pastor's vision is a lid on on top of what that worship leader feels like worship should be or where God's taking the church or any of these other type of things. And the thing that I I feel like it, it ultimately for a lot of folks comes down to a vision question, a worship leader walking in feeling like they have a vision from God of where their church needs to go, but not agreeing with the senior pastor, not being able to get on board with that. And the thing, yeah, I mean, the only thing I know to tell them is like, hey, look, man, like God's giving you an opportunity here either to submit to authority or he may be telling you that you need to go somewhere else because newsflash, the worship leader is not the vision carrier for the church, period. And so our job, Bezalel and Oholiab, they did not just make whatever they wanted to. Hmm. They made what Moses told them God told him. And they had to make it to exacting, specific standards. There was no, there was no creative margin for Bezalel and Aholia. I mean, we at least get some creative margin. I feel like, like those guys. You want to be a spirit-filled artist? I mean, you got to take the vision and execute it. I mean, like that's, that's probably one of the biggest, biggest things. I say from the other end of things, things I hear, are maybe some limits at senior pastors. Maybe, maybe some. There's just some um, issues that some boxes that senior pastors will put worship leaders in one. I mean, this is sort of embarrassing to talk about, but I mean, if a senior pastor's wife loves to sing, oh Lord. but she's not great at singing, I'm telling you, if I had a, if I had a dime for every time I heard that story, that's just one of those things where automatically, if you've got the senior pastor's wife in your band and she's not great, man, you can, you will not have success on a Sunday 
any Sunday, and your your worship leader, your your worship leader's time at your church is uh, running out. <laughs> I would say. Um, so I mean, if you got, I mean, if a senior pastor's wife is is Aretha Franklin, then hey, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? But like, whew, that's a, most of the time, that's not the experience I hear about a wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about from your perspective, Perry, on the just the relational dynamic between senior pastors and uh, worship leaders? You know, I want to go back to what Lee said about the wife being in the band. Unless senior pastors, I would just say, um, first of all, Lucretia, my wife who's white, is not in our worship (laughs) band. But unless your wife has won awards for singing, she probably doesn't need to sing. Um, And I know that stings because she enjoys it. Um, But truth is, I enjoy uh, throwing the football in the backyard, but I'm not going to go try out for a college team anytime soon. Um, Our job as senior pastors and worship leaders is to put the best band on stage every Mm -hmm. Sunday. Or if you're in a... um, traditional church put the best soloist up that's the reason some of those people sing in the choir just tell them they sing in the choir just tell them sing in the choir maybe that maybe some churches need to start a choir and senior pastors need to let their wife sing in it i'm not sure how that goes i'm just saying um you know early on i think lee and i went through i don't think lee and i went through a difficult time of uh getting along and i can go back and look at that whole thing and boil it down to one word and it was communication um it was it wasn't uh, there wasn't good communication between me and him. When we first started, we had great communication. Um, and then Lee began to get more on his plate. And I always hear um, senior pastors will say, you know, my worship leader is also my creative director. And while that makes sense on paper, and we did that for a while, um, I'm telling you, you're setting yourself up for um, a nightmare on Sundays because what I discovered is when Lee was the creative director, I would go in, I wouldn't understand why something was going on. Lee and I would get in an argument and then the two most visible people in the church would have to go out and pretend to be happy on Sunday. And there's, um, there were numerous Sundays that that happened. And so I'm just saying, Hey, if your worship leader is a gifted worship leader, let him or her lead worship and then find someone else that can, um, lead the whole creative push. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, that's one of the best decisions um, that you can make. The other thing a pastor's got to do is be willing to back uh, the worship leader when it comes to band selection. Um, you can't, once again, it's not just wife, but hey, my son plays the guitar, my nephew plays the piano, my cousin plays the drums. Um, at the end of the day, I, I've always let Lee select the the band which um got me kicked out of the band because i actually led worship mm-hmm. when we first hired him and i remember him telling me in order for the band to go where it needs to go um you should never ever sing again um <laughs> no he way, didn't man. say that <laughs> he said something like singing when hell freezes over or something like that <laughs> wasn't sure what it was um but yeah so back the worship leader and listen the other thing that the senior pastor and worship leader can do to really get along is um, if the senior pastor didn't feel the pressure to to make the set list every week for the worship leader, um, that'd be cool. Let the worship leader figure out because some of the best songs that we've ever sang, I'm like, I have never heard this in my life. What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been one of the most freeing things to know that I don't have to select the, the set list. Now, it, once again, if I've got a specific song that I want, I always feel very free to say that. And, you know, a hundred percent of the time, Lee and the band has always been able to say, "All right, if that's what you feel like you want to do, we're going to pull that off and we're going to do it well, even when it hasn't been their personal preference." Um, and I think where that I think that tension is something to be managed because 
they know the majority of the time they pick the songs. But when I pick the song um, or when I pick a certain, you know, genre of music, I've got a really good direction and a really good reason for it. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's jump over to that just a little bit because I know you mentioned communication and frustration uh, early on. And let's talk about song selection in particular. Lee, talk to uh, the, the, the musicians or worship leaders out there that are super frustrated when their pastor wants them to do a particular song and they don't want to. And maybe talk about how I know that used to be true for you and maybe what process you went through to get to where, hey, I actually trust when Perry offers this up and uh, that it's right for the, the service. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody had a bigger problem than that than me, I, I feel like, back in, in the day. I mean, when, when Perry and I, like when, when Perry started the church and I came on staff leading worship, I mean, I think you were 28 and I was 22. I mean, like, talk about green. And for me, it's cr- real immature just coming right out of college. I mean, for the first, you know, five, six years or something like that, it would just it would just rub me the wrong way anytime Perry would suggest a song or say, I want this tune in there. And what I had, the, the thing that I had to gradually realize was that I was wrestling with a pretty serious pride issue when it came to that because there were some times when Perry would ask for songs that that I didn't like that song, I didn't think that song was cool, but it that didn't matter as much. I was uh, I was so scared that if we actually played that song on Sunday, that the people in the seats would think that I had picked that song and that I had bad taste in music. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I mean, that, that's that's the dumbest thing in the world. Um, but the crazy thing about it is, is that every time we said yes to Perry, even if even if I didn't like what was what was going on there. It was so, it, I mean, every single time. There was not a single time when we didn't play a song that Perry suggested that it didn't totally resonate with our people and someone's life got changed through that that service. And so, you know, like just over time, it was. I just began to see that Perry, God really speaks to Perry about this, even in Perry's preferences, even in the songs that Perry's just like, ah, you know, I don't know if I... You guys don't have to do this, but here's just an idea that came to my head. Now I want to do that song because I just trust that God's spoken to him and that Perry has his finger on the pulse of our people way better than than I do. And uh, now it's a joy to be able to do those things, just because every time I see it, I see it pull. You know, I see it come off, and it's really, really great. And one of the things that that has happened over time between us is that um, Perry has gotten. You know, Perry loves all of us as worship leaders. He loves the guys in the band. He's looking for songs that he thinks we might love to play. And he frequently suggests tunes like that. He's like, man, you guys could kill this. You know what I mean? And he, he nails it. It's right. But I think in those in those early days, I just had a real problem with authority that I had to, that I had to, to work through. And I was too... I had too much, what are they going to think about that one particular song? Well, man, I mean, who cares? Good gosh. I mean, I was in such a, a bad place about that until I realized that my pastor cares more about the people in the seats than I do. And if I can get on board with God's vision for this, man, there won't be this rub anymore quite as much, you know? And let me let me say this to kind of follow up with that. It's so funny. Um, pastors, one of the things you got to develop with your creatives is equity. Um, and I know some pastors go, well, I'm the pastor and I shouldn't have to develop equity. Well, that's, I don't think that's the best attitude because that's trying to lead out of position rather than personhood. And going back to what Lee said, you know, if I had suggested three or four songs uh, in a row and people's ears are bleeding and, and people are walking out in the service and they just hate the music and they're 
you know, showing up late because they don't like the music, then and I've set them, our band, up for um, an unsuccessful set, then he doesn't trust me or the, the band doesn't trust me. But the whole thing is equity. If you can go back and say, hey, um, I really feel like this is from the Lord. Trust me on this. They do it. They pull it off. And it, it is what you thought it was going to be. Over time, your creatives will learn to, to trust you more. And it really is um, both sides learning to trust one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me say one thing, too, just, just to worship leaders, like to, especially to young worship leaders, worship leaders who are under the age of, of 30. Like God may want you, God may give you an opportunity to say yes and to submit to authority, which is better for you than getting to play a song that you think is cool. Mm. And for me, that was the much more valuable thing in a lot of those moments was the fact that I was getting an opportunity to submit to authority, to say yes to my leader, even when I didn't agree necessarily, and to watch God work and bless me and the rest of our church in that endeavor. And I'm not trying to say, you know, like, you know, holy is me because I, uh, I actually was able to submit to authority. But it was just one of those things that's just difficult. And I really feel like everybody talks a big game about submitting to authority, but it, it doesn't get real until you don't want to submit to authority. Everybody talks a big game about submitting to authority until you actually have to submit to authority. Yeah. Um, and that's not just worship leaders. That's pastors. That's, good gosh, that's everybody. Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't like it when the guy with the blue light tries to tell me how fast I can drive. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you one more question in this area, Perry, before we move move on. Um, you know, just so for people out there know our creative process, uh, I would say, Perry, maybe one out of ten songs would be a song on, on a Sunday that you would have said, hey, let's sing this particular song, or maybe, you know, one Sunday out of four or so would be a song in specific that you would pick. Because earlier you said, hey, senior pastor, stay out of the set list. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure everybody hears it that Lee and his team were coming up with a set list, but you have an idea of something in particular that might fit a moment. How Im- And the reason is is because you care about the whole service. Right. And so I just want you to speak for a minute to the, to the senior pastors out there that may be aloof to what's going on in the music, and yet they come every Sunday frustrated because they don't necessarily like the music or like the video because they're detached from it, and they don't lead with vision at all. And so speak to the importance of, of being the, 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 the senior leader of having a vision for the whole service so you can actually contribute to that conversation. Yeah, I personally, and this is, this is just my personal opinion, but I think the pastor that goes, well, the worship leader can just play what they want and the video team can just play what they want and here's what the service is on and we'll just get together and see what happens. Um, the reason in most cases that happens is because uh, either the senior leader is lazy um, or they're overworked, one or the other. They've either got too much on their plate um, or they're just lazy because, hey, that would be easy for me to do. Hey, Lee, sing some songs. Hey, video team. Hey, Adam, you guys create a video having to do with grace. And then uh, and I'll preach a sermon called Amazing Grace. And, and, uh, and in my mind, I'm thinking the worship team will probably sing Amazing Grace. And, you know, that th- there you go. But you got to – you got to care about people as they're driving on your campus to as they're leaving your campus. Um, you and and every minute in between, um, you got to care about every moment of that service. And as pastors, uh, as leaders, we're called to steward not just that sermon, but we're called to steward that worship service mm-hmm. and make sure that what's being communicated. If if we can pick a clear, consistent theme and communicate it from the opening song to the 
um, invitation, it's always a win for the people sitting in the pew or the chair or the floor or, whatever you or standing. Yeah. <laughs>